they say I'm about my money, yeah, I don't play I got that Benjamin button, I'm looking better every day, boy Hello, it's your favorite sister duo, Tansy and Chandler And although we are best friends with coaching, heart, and grit in our blood, we aren't afraid to admit that we couldn't be more different in our strengths and weaknesses. You see me, Chandler, it wasn't all that long ago that I was known as a lazy, undetermined girl, but I made the decision to change my story and become one of the most consistent, organized go-getters that I know. And me, Tansy, for my entire life, I've been the woman I thought everyone else needed and wanted me to be. I decided to rewrite my story and help others do the same. And finally, I own exactly who I am, exactly who I want to be, and where I'm going. Together, we are taking our wisdom and even unanswered questions and having the sometimes uncomfortable conversations that can make you laugh, make you cry, and remind you that you are not alone. And if she can do it, you can do it. Let's attack what it truly means to be bossy and define what it takes to stop at nothing in the pursuit of being and having it all. Our goal is to not let you sleep on your inner bossy baddie. It's time to own your power, be the woman in charge, the CEO of your life, and it is time to hire, fire, and promote accordingly. Bossy baddies. Oh my gosh. I'm so freaking excited. I missed you guys. I am doing a solo episode today. This is Chandler, by the way. I oftentimes get told that people cannot tell our voices apart. So I feel like I have to introduce myself every time I talk and you can't see my face because we do sound a lot alike, which is kind of freakish at times. But this is Chandler solo episode and I just have to reintroduce myself because my new name is Mrs. The Mrs. Palmer. (laughs) For those of you who do not know, I got married last week and I have to tell you, I loved my freaking wedding from start to finish. It was everything that I had imagined and more. And I was just telling my mom this the other day, the ceremony part where, you know, you walk down the aisle and everybody's in there waiting for you. It was like a dream that I've had a million times, but it was my reality. And what I mean by that is, so when I was walking down the aisle, there was like this white sheer curtain that they opened for me to begin my walk down the aisle. And in the room that I chose to get married in, it was a full room with all the walls were red brick, kind of like an industrial look. And then there were those super pretty um, lights that hang from the ceiling, like you would put on your patio or something like that. And then there was windows on a full wall. So you got like the sunlight that was coming in. And when I walked through the curtains and I had my dad on one side, my stepdad on the other side. The music was playing. Oh, the song that I chose to walk down the aisle to was called My Song by Her, H-E-R. You guys have to listen to it. The words are freaking beautiful. And everyone stands up when the bride walks down the aisle. So I saw everyone stand up. But I'm telling you, it was like a dream where I saw the heads and the bodies of the human beings that were in this room, but I didn't see faces. And even though I was looking at them, I could kind of like feel my face shaking a little bit. Like I was a little bit nervous, but also more excitement than nerves for sure. And I just locked eyes with Matt and it was like there was dusty sparkles in the air and the music was playing in the background. And I felt like I was floating as I was walking. I didn't feel like I was really in my body. I'm telling you, it was magical. Like the ceremony was for sure my favorite part because of that feeling that I have been planning this wedding since I was in the eighth grade. (laughs) Like not literally planning, but I made a Pinterest board the second that Pinterest came out. I've been excited about this wedding from the moment that I had the thought that I wanted to be married, which was very young. And 
I just loved it so much. Everything was perfect. There were no hiccups. There was no drama. I, I was stress-free completely. And for those of you that aren't married yet, that is possible for you. It does exist. And man, was it fun. And so as I just spent the last year, I actually it was 10 months that we were engaged as I spent the last 10 months totally drowning myself in my fiance, fiance, fiance era, <laughs> I just have to thank you guys for like cheering me on through this era and being with me through this chapter of life because holy shit, it was a really good chapter for me. And I loved sharing all about it on social media. That was fun for me. Like I was in my, I was in my era. I was thriving. I loved like the outfits, the planning, the talking about the challenges and the laughs and the struggles and getting advice from you all and doing all the things fiance related. And now it's time to enter wifey era and see what that looks like. And it's a whole new chapter. And that's super refreshing and exciting to me, but it's also a little bit sad. Like I can't lie because I've had some post wedding blues for sure. Like, man, okay. So I just planned this entire thing for almost a year and now it's over in the blink of an eye. Here we are. <laughs> but I do have to tell you guys that there's there's no better feeling than finding your person, your best friend that you're also in love with and attracted to and want to stand next to for the rest of your freaking life. I didn't know that that was even a real thing. And the fact that I felt like I wasn't questioning a damn thing walking down the aisle to him, I always thought I would at least have a little glimpse of question or doubt, but I'm telling you, there was not a question in my mind. And feeling secure in this relationship with no games and no major heartache. Of course, we have arguments and fights and we do stupid things and say stupid things, but there's been no secrets and no lies. And I feel safe and I feel loved. Sheesh. I know the streets are hard out there, you guys. Like if you're single and you're in the streets, shit, I applaud you for getting out there and still working to find your person. They are waiting for you. Just keep that head high. Keep going and keep having fun with single life because I know, I remember like I went on so many dates and I did Tinder and I did all of the things. I didn't do Bumble because fuck that. Like I'm not going to be the one to message you first. I don't like that. <laughs> but also like I don't like being messaged either. So it's a really weird thing. I was bound to meet my person the way that I did which was through work, but I wanted to share with you what I've learned up to this point. And I've been married for seven days, so I know a lot. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. I know that I have still have so much learning to do, but it, I've learned that it takes deciding and it takes work and it takes self-love above all to have a healthy, loving, thriving relationship. And all of this seems so simple that I'm about to share, but if you take one thing away from this and can make your relationship better, then I feel like I've done my job in sharing this with you. And I'm just saying to you that what you see on social media, the happiness, the loving pictures and videos, that's just a small glimpse into a highlight reel. I am sitting here and being so transparent with you telling you that my husband <laughs> and I have done so much work to get to where we are today. And Although it was work and there was times where I felt like I wanted to kill him and leave, there was also times of pure bliss and I just have to say the juice is 110% worth the squeeze. I am wildly, wickedly excited to be his wife and to do all the wifey things and to step into this next chapter. But I saw a TikTok where this guy was actually talking about how he's been married for 23 years. And this TikTok went viral, so you may have seen it, but he mentioned all the things that he wanted to share about being a good husband. And so 
I am taking some of his advice because I resonated with almost all of it and I want to put my own spin on it because I think these things are so simple, but they're underrated. And if you can do these things in your relationship and just, I mean, a lot of it is just lightening up. Like a lot of times, and we, we treat everyone like this, not just our spouse, but like we judge and we have expectations and we create these stories in our minds that are so untrue. A lot of it is just like, dude, just lighten up a little bit, you know, have fun and decide to be with a person that is your best friend at at the end of the day, they should be your best friend. And if I don't know about you guys, I have a couple best friends in my life, one being my sister and best friends don't always have a ton of fun together. There are some speed bumps along the way. There are some issues along the way and challenges, but at the end of the day, that is your person. And so here is my advice. I'm going to go through a list and number them. Number one, be adventurous. And I say this lightly because I wouldn't say that I'm like the most crazy, adventurous, spontaneous person in the world. I'm definitely not. I do like I've, I've done skydiving. I've done um, scuba diving. I've snorkeled. I've done a ton of different things when it comes to like pure adventure. But there's so many small adventures to be found with your partner. Like you might look up uh, an area to go on a new hiking path or a new coffee shop that you want to go try or take up a new hobby. I keep saying after the wedding, I'm dying to take up pickleball because I got a little taste of tennis when I was on vacation with Matt a year ago or so. And I'm really not a good tennis player. Also, my shoulders were so freaking sore, but pickleball is like this new hobby that everyone's doing. And I feel like it would be so fun and also a good way to make friends. But at the end of the day, being adventurous and just trying something new, whether it sticks or not is major key in a relationship. Just be adventurous, be open-minded, Be willing to look stupid and be a beginner and do it together and laugh at each other. Laugh at yourself. First and foremost, laugh at yourself. (laughs) Number two, be your partner's biggest cheerleader. I have to tell you that this should not be hard for you. You should be able to look at your partner and cheer them on in every endeavor, whether they've proven to you that they can be successful or not. It's just It is like the biggest thing for your partner to feel like you are there for them and you are going to smile in their face and tell them that you believe in them. I just, I can't say this enough that what you want from your partner is what you should be giving your partner, whether they give it to you or not. It's kind of like the golden rule, like treat people how you want to be treated. That is the most important thing in a relationship. The third thing is every single day, and I love this, I can't claim this as my own, but the thought you should think to yourself is he's not going to outlove me today. That you can give so much love that it becomes a competition. I'm going to give him more love than he gives me or her, whoever your partner is. And tell yourself, I'm just going to gush love to this person. And obviously that's easier said than done. There's going to be some days where you're busy with work or you have a lot on your mind or you're in a bad mood because your period is coming. Insert me today. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you tell yourself, I'm going to outlove this person, man, That's going to take you so far in your relationship because feeling loved, like when your person feels loved from you, holy crap, that is cool. The fourth thing is, and I actually, man, I don't like this advice when someone tells you never stop dating your spouse. Like, what does that mean? I don't, to me, like going on dates is actually fucking torture. Like I've been the person that goes on dates with people and I hate dating. (laughs) Like I hate it. You have to dress up. It's awkward. You don't know what to talk about. 
But to me, this means a lot of, a lot of different things. Like never stop dating your person. To me, a perfect date is let's go to breakfast because we don't always go to breakfast. So let's wake up one day and let's go to breakfast or let's go work out together and not just be in the gym together, but do the workout together. Or let's stay at home, order carry out and watch a good show. That is dating to me. Like that's, that's things that you do with your best friend, but then you get to do it with your lover and it's nothing is better. But here is the major key alert, which is tough because I am very controlling. (laughs) I'm like a control freak and I'm very particular with things that I want, but this is not all about me. This is also for you. Take turns planning the dates. Let him or her plan, even if it's not 100% what you want. And then if you're the person that never plans, you better freaking go plan something. Surprise your person and make it fun. And just, it doesn't have to be some super big, crazy date where you get so dressed up and you get a fancy meal. It doesn't have to be that. That's not dating all the time. Just take turns planning, take turns having ideas and just make it a fun thing. The fifth thing, whew, man, I had to learn this the hard way, but be intentional. And in my notes, I wish you could see my notes. I literally have bolded and in all caps, the word intentional, be intentional about communication. That is a loaded tip because for the longest time, Matt and I have been in couples therapy. And I can tell you right now, there was nothing wrong with our relationship that made us want to get into couples therapy. I think sometimes people wait until there's like infidelity or a problem with money or whatever it is. And then they join couples therapy for us. We just wanted to strengthen our relationship. And we thought we're both big fans of therapy for ourselves individually. Why not do this as a couple and have a mediator there that helps us understand each other, but also teaches us how to communicate effectively without hurting each other. And so instead of communicating intentionally, just when you're upset, communicate intentionally every single day, set aside time to talk and most importantly, to listen. You can do this over coffee in the morning or when you get in bed at night, but take the time to talk. The sixth thing, don't keep score. Like, don't do that. That's, that's honestly, it's just human of us to keep score and to say to, you know, your spouse, like, well, I did the dishes. I took the dog out. I cleaned the room. I made the bed. What did you do? Like, come on. We've all been there. I'm guilty of that from time to time, but slap yourself in the face. Do what you got to do. It's not about keeping score because I'm here to tell you I've learned firsthand that relationships are never 50-50. And if you have a friend or a family member telling you that your person doesn't do enough, but you don't feel that way, you better tell that person to stop talking to you about your business because here's what you can control. Give 100% of yourself to your partner and expect nothing. That is all. If your partner is a douchebag and not giving you what you need, that's a different story. You know that. Nobody else does. You'll know that in your heart and in your soul. Nobody else can tell you that. No one can change your mind or the way that you feel. But at the end of the day, if you have a healthy relationship, give 100% of yourself regardless and expect nothing in return. That's so hard but it's so good. It is so worth it. The seventh thing is, and it goes along with number six, assume that your person is giving 100%. So I love the saying, like when, when we talk about how some people have a tough upbringing and we talk about maybe a single mom or a single dad, I think it's so important to remember that 
that person did the best they could in the time that they had. And it's the same in the present moment. Your partner is giving 100%. Assume that. And when you switch your mindset to, man, this person is loving me really good, and you worry about what you're giving instead of trying to worry about what you're getting, I mean, this, this goes like not even in relationships, in life alone. You can only control what you're giving. You can't really control what you're getting. So if we were all to just shift our focus on serving and being loving, man, things would turn out so much better. The eighth thing, and um, this one's tough because we don't tend to do this and we lose sight of this, but put your partner above everyone else. Put your person above everyone. And I'm talking, they are first before your kids. I don't have kids yet, but that is one thing that I will be damned to show my kids that my relationship is extremely important. It is number one in my life. You put your partner above your parents because here's the thing. That's your person for life. Everybody else comes and goes, even kids, they grow up and they leave. And and that's not the point here. The point is you decided to spend your life with this person. Put them first. Number nine, the only other person outside of your family or your best friends, whatever, that you should be alone with is your partner. Don't do this stupid, silly game where you're like, like if my man is alone with another girl, we've got a problem. (laughs) We've got a major problem. And I don't have to tell him that. That's the thing. He's loyal AF. And I'll never be alone in a room with another guy. That's just... I'm, I'm faithful and I'm never going to do that. So don't put yourself in that situation and just, just stay true to your person. Tip number 10, take care of your freaking finances. Man, money can be such a relationship burner. It can be such a problem. But again, going back to the things that you can control, you can only control your finances. Don't spend an unnecessary amount, but don't be stingy unnecessarily. Keep a healthy balance of your finances. Know what's going on because financial security has now become a part of your relationship. This is a partnership and finances are a huge piece to that. So do what you got to do to take care of it. And while you're at it, start investing, start learning about investing, do an IRA, do an index fund, do all the things that you need to do, your 401k, whatever that is, invest your money so that you can enjoy your relationship down the road. The next thing, and this one's near and dear to my heart, and I, I don't take this lightly at all, take care of yourself first so that you can take care of your person and love them harder. And what I mean by this is if, if you know me, you know that I'm, I'm huge when it comes to these things, but eating healthy, real whole foods, moving your body every single day, even for a 30-minute walk, sleeping enough, drinking enough water, doing all the things that you need to do to keep yourself healthy and take care of yourself because... First of all, that is attractive. I don't care who you are. If you're a person that takes care of yourself, you're automatically 10, not 10, but three more points up on the scale. You went from a four to a seven immediately because you're taking care of yourself and you are healthy and you, you love yourself enough to prioritize your health. That's, that, is, that should be the number one tip of advice, I swear, because there's some relationships that I know where I'm like, man, if that guy were to just switch up and take care of himself, that girl would be way more attracted to him. (laughs) But at the end of the day, again, going back to control what you can control, check yourself first. Are you doing that? Are you taking care of yourself? Because a lot of times, if you do this first, your person will jump on board with you. And if they don't, that's another thing. Maybe that's when you get into therapy. I don't know. (laughs) But that's huge. 
The next tip, enjoy your solitude. Enjoy your time alone because even if you're in a relationship, you should be spending time with just yourself at times. And to me, enjoying time alone is like a superpower. And I'll tell you like sometimes Matt, my husband, I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to that, but I actually love how it just rolls off the tip of the tongue. Anyway, um, he'll travel for work and I get freaked out being home alone. And there's no reason for that. I have a security system. I have a dog. I have close neighbors and a really nice neighborhood. But I got to this point where I'm like, I don't even know if I like being alone, but that's something that I'm going to work on because I want to enjoy my alone time. I used to love being alone, crave it. Now I crave being with him more than I do alone, alone time. And to me, I want to like a balance of both. So having alone time, that is a superpower. That is something that you can always lean on. You can always rely on. And we should still be loving that even if we're in a relationship. So I shared this one in a previous podcast. I mean, this was episodes ago, but we read the five love languages together. But my piece of advice looking back in hindsight is read the five love languages on your own first. Read it unless you have the partnership where you feel like, okay, we can do this together. But otherwise, read that book on your own. It is going to teach you so much about how to love and give love and feel love. And I just think the more that you can understand love languages, the more you can understand and love your partner. The next piece is tell your person that you love them often and then go prove it. And that is going to come from the five love languages that you read because once you understand how your person feels loved, you can prove it to them over and over and over again uncapped amount of times and telling them you love them is great. And I love to hear that I'm loved, but you need to prove it to me too. And so that is my, one of my final tips. I think the moral of the story here that I'm trying to share with you, and I'm definitely not coming from a place where I'm, I'm feeling inferior because I don't, I actually know there's so much more for me to be learned for me to be learned for me to learn in relationships. And I, embrace that. I get excited about becoming a very strong, loving wife and someone that Matt can look to and say, damn, that's my girl. And I aim to be that. I truly do, which I never imagined I could be in a relationship, but I've worked at this and so has he. And I've learned that falling in love is a beautiful, amazing thing, but it's fleeting. You don't fall in love and stay in love. It doesn't just happen magically like that and you feel in love 24-7, it takes intention. It takes awareness. And I'm telling you that of all the things that you could invest in life, when you value your partnership the most and when you invest the most energy into that, your life is so much juicier, so much better, so much happier and fuller. And man, I don't know. I just, I love love. I love partnership. I love friendship. And I just think that This type of connection and this type of relationship is what life is all about. This is where, this is where sometimes we go wrong is we focus on success and money and experience. And at the end of the day, it's about your connections. And do you have true connection? Do you have true love? Do you have the strength to give your all, to give all of yourself to your person? And if you don't, first of all, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, you just need to do a little bit more work and you'll get there. And when you meet that person that you feel like you can give 110% of yourself to, whew, let's talk about it. Cause I freaking love it. And it's the best. And with that, I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. And 
here's to a, gr a great fiance era and entering wifey era. Let's go do this. Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? I'm a boss and a savage. Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? You know I'm far beyond average. Girl, what's in your DNA?